And welcome back to the Solidarity Sports Network. Thanks for sticking with us for, through our brief commercial break. Uh, brief five, four months, something like that. Uh, life's been life's been crazy. Life's been busy. Uh, but we are back here for the football season, preseason starting up, and we're gearing up for the regular season. We got fantasy drafts. We got free agency moves. It's been an exciting time. So we are back to bring you the goods. With always, Stevan Smith. What's up, guys? Uh, the bar exam sucks. Just want to put that out there. Uh, you know, basically takes over your your life for like basically the whole summer. But good to be back. Abolish the bar exam. You heard exactly. it here. Exactly. Uh, and we're also joined by John Paul Jackson. Rect. Yeah, bar exam sucks. Uh, I'm glad that it's over. So, <laughs> you even lawyer, bro? <laughs> Is this even? Yeah, at least you got uh, you got your boys back. You got your sports talk back. That's how that's how the bar affected you. How, how has the bar ruined my life? Uh, we each have trauma. We've all been connected to it. But uh, but yeah, we're we're done with that. Me and Steven sat for the bar a couple weeks ago, um, anxiously awaiting the results so we can start our career, get working, um, pay back all those uh, loans that at least I took out. So uh, we got I, I we got some work bit, to do. But, yeah. yeah, we got some grinding to do. But uh, in the meantime, we're here for some fun and entertainment. Um, of course, the season's starting up, so we got some bold takes, as always. Uh, we're also going to give some overrated and underrated teams going into this year and talk about some of the biggest free agency shakeups. Uh, so we'll get started with, uh, you know, going into this year. There's a lot of expectations. Um, you have people risers for MVP consideration. People already think the Super Bowl is determined between two teams. Um, so let's start with our underrated guys. Who who can make more of a splash than anybody in the media is giving them credit for? Uh, Steven, you can start. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off with a pretty bold take. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers could legitimately challenge for this division. I know like everybody's Bengals or, or Bengals are great and, you know, Lamar's got receivers and you know, the Browns got – if Deshaun Watson comes back to form, you know, he could potentially take the division. But the Steelers are the one team in that division that nobody's talking about, and they should because, you know, Mike Tomlin is still there, you know, you know, so you know they're not going to have a losing season. Last year, their defense was top five in the NFL still, and T.J. Watt missed most of the year. So, like, that's another really big thing. T.J. Watt's one of the best – like, probably a top ten player in the league, period, but he's certainly a top five defensive player. He's going to come back. They got Minka Fitzpatrick, the linebacker core. They drafted Joey Porter. Like it's going to be a great defense again. And I expect Kenny Pickett to take a, a second year leap. You know those games at the end of the year. The Steelers went seven and two to end the year, and Kenny Pickett was you know he was he wasn't getting a lot of touchdowns, but he was accurate. He was like figuring out when to run and versus when to pass and take the open guy. And they got a really young you know emerging offense with, you know, George Pickens, you know, you're going to hear Pickett to Pickens a lot, you know, probably this year. And then, you know, Pat Fryermuth, very underrated tight end. And then, you know, you got Najee Harris, who they improved their offensive line and he's going to be back. You know, he had an injury last year, a Liz Frank injury, basically the whole year. So he's finally healthy. So I think the Steelers can make a splash. They could win 10 to 12 games and you might be looking up and seeing that they might win the division this year. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I, I follow a lot of what you're saying. 
Um, I think T- we were talking before we started recording, but uh, TJ Watt could be in the running for defensive player of the year. 100%. Um, this is a very stout defense. It always is. That's Steelers culture. And yeah, they have offensive playmakers. Also, they brought in Allen Robinson, who had a very lackluster, disappointing year. But if there's anything available for him to be the third option yeah. to Deontay Johnson and and, uh, and George Pickens, um, I, I mean, I, I, just Allen Robinson, just he has it. He has talent. It wasn't on display last year, but he has something there to be a stable wide receiver for Pickett to throw to. Yeah, he could um, be a really big like jump ball guy in the end zone, you know, because yeah, he's tall, you know, still has a bit of athleticism left. You know, Deontay Johnson is a little small and George Pickens might be covered. So like, you know, he could be you could he could get like three, four touchdowns this year. Yeah, and never bet against Tomlin. Uh yeah, the only exactly. thing you're gonna run into is uh, a Bengal problem. So how do you think they handle the Bengals? I mean, if you think about it, like Joe Burrow, I I know that like it, they say he's fine and whatever, but like they play the Steelers early in the year and you know, Joe Burrow's got that calf injury. So they might get him and you know, the Bengals might come slow out the gate. Maybe, you know, their defense regresses a little bit and you know, we'll see. Very true. The the uh, was that NFC AFC North is a very exciting division. Yeah. Um, the Browns are the only ones that I would like kind of cast aside. But between the other three, the Ravens, Bengals, and Steelers, it's going to be very very competitive. Um, yeah, the Browns will find they're the one team that will find some way to just screw all of that up. You know, like they'll they'll find a way to like not utilize the talent that they. Yeah, and we also haven't seen Watson like play good football yet. So until that happens, like it's really hard to believe in them. Um, so so yeah, uh, great pick, uh, JP. What say you on an underrated team? I think this might shock. Uh, I think this might shock both of you, but I think, and this isn't really like I don't think people are exactly hating on them, but uh, the Seattle Seahawks. It seems like people either like hate them or like think they're going to do very awful or they think that they're the next coming of Christ or something like that. But uh, I'm a little bit in the middle there. You know, I think we have, we're amazing at developing talent and we have talent and we're developing it. So it's hard to see us like doing worse than we did last year. Everyone's like, Oh, it's whether or not Gino is going to be good. And it's like, how the hell do you get a better offensive line, a better receiver core, and a more developed running back core and expect, you know, like unless Gino's taking crack, like I don't see how he's going to regress in that aspect. So, you know, and even then, you know, you guys know that I'm a big Drew Locke fan personally. Like I really do think that he will be uh, our, our, our next step after Gino. So even if he does flop this year, I'm not really that concerned because Drew Locke can step it. I mean, he showed it even in the preseason games. He's shown that he still has it. You know, I don't. I'm not shocked that he did poorly in Denver uh, and he hasn't played for like four seasons. So it's the people are like, Oh, Drew Locke. Like, what do you know about Drew Locke? Unless you've been watching Seattle's preseason games, you haven't seen him play in four years since he was a sophomore in the league. So it's just like, I, I think our QB situation is fine. I think our running back situation is a little more precarious than people give us credit for. We have a history of injuring our running back. So that could be, but even then we also have a history of just pulling running backs out of nowhere. Like, Someone yeah. tell me you knew Kenneth Walker's name before the start of last season. So, uh, you know, everyone was talking about all oh, the Seattle games done for after. Um, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, Penny? I, uh, no, no, no. Penny we knew was uh, leaving. No, but the, the preseason before when I think his name was Christian Michael. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Chris Carson. Thank you. Chris, Chris Carson. Carson. Uh, just retired because of injuries, which is perfectly understandable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just there's a lot of and our defense is getting better. You know, we spent our shockingly spent our pick on uh, Devon Witherspoon, which I told you guys before the pick was my favorite cornerback. So yeah, it, wasn't you know, pick, it wasn't a bad pick at all. You know, him and Woolen but, might form. I like mean, a, you guys remember from the draft thing. that I was not exactly thrilled when hearing that name. Uh, but you know, I didn't know that uh, Bobby Wagner was in the works. I didn't know a lot of these guys that we even got later on. There were a lot of people down on their board that uh, they they liked f- towards the front. Uh, I mean, they, they did a really deep insider look into their draft and there were a lot of first round value picks that 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 they saw as first round value that they were getting in the second and third including uh i can't remember his name but uh, our third round pick who's going to be coming off the edge a lot so you know i I think there's a lot of good things happening there but you know injuries something you know you never know but i i I don't i see them doing better than last season the last season they made the playoffs so and i don't think the nfc got much better than last year so it's like I don't know how you're going to look at that team and be like, oh, that's a fluke. So, yeah. Anyway. I agree. I completely agree with you. I know that we, did, we didn't mention him, and, you know, it wouldn't be an episode with me if I didn't mention JSN at one point. But JSN is, you know, one of the best receiver prospects to come out of college in a while. And, you know, you add him to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You know, if you really think that Geno was like – if you thought that Geno was a one-off or something like that, like he's going to just be okay because of his – receiving core like you know his receiving core is going to you know make him more successful than he otherwise would be you know those three they have probably the best three wide receiver set in the league now even though they so they were last in the league in three wide receiver sets last year now they add JSN and now they're probably they probably have the best you know wide receiver core in terms of one two three in the league now so yeah I completely agree with you on Seattle I think they could definitely you know make some noise and potentially win a playoff game this year you know depending on who they play yeah, yeah, I'll concur as well. I mean, their division, uh, you you are staring down the Niners, but we'll talk about them a little bit later. And uh, But you're also staring down the Rams and Cardinals, which, I mean, very, very weakened. Uh, we you know, expect the Rams to make a bounce back from where they were last year, but the, the Rams and Cardinals are, are very beatable. That yeah. could be four wins built in right there for the Seahawks. And then, you know, if things break their way against the Niners, yeah, they it could, could be, even it could be, be looking San Francisco at, at home. Like, they could, yeah. I could see that happening. They could win this division. So that's definitely in the cards. So it's a great pick. They definitely need some more respect on their name, uh, especially for the comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, uh, and all the all the hype they got last year. Uh, needs to carry in. I'll also say, sorry, uh, that our offensive line, I don't think is getting enough talk. Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas were two of the most shocking tackle over performers of last season, and they're very young. And so I think one of Russ's biggest gripes, obviously, was that he wasn't getting protection in the edges. Uh, And we brought an Evan Brown. And we drafted, I'm going to butcher this, Olu Uluwatimi, uh, <laughs> who's also been showing out in camp. I just think that, like, think about the last decade for Seattle and name one good offensive line that we've had since we traded. Um, Jesus, I'm blanking on names today. But uh, since we, No, no, our center <laughs> for Jimmy Graham. Oh, oh my god. god. I'm gonna butcher myself later for that. There one. was a trade for a center for Jimmy Graham. Yeah, our all star trade. Like people don't realize yeah, those that centers like, are hard to come by, honestly. Yeah. Like god. you know, you're like honestly, yeah. 
I'm gonna, I gotta look this up. That's just such a funny trade to think about, like in context, Next like hunger. a center for a tight end. Oh, I'll tell hunger. you what. I'll tell you what. The Saints got the better end of that deal. I'll tell you that. Because yeah. <laughs> Max Young continued to be an all-star center, and our offensive line fell apart for a decade after that trade. So since he left, we have not had a good offensive line. And if we can pull that together, our run game is going to improve. Our pass game is going to improve, and it's going to take a lot of burden off of our defense, which is set to take a step up. So. I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic with this. Mm-hmm. And full circle moment, Jimmy Graham made his way back to New Orleans. So yeah. <laughs> funny how life works. Um, Maybe so he'll do my- the dunk at the goalpost thing just one more time for old time's sake and just take the fine, you know? I mean, I think that's going to blow his ACL out or something. He, he's he's old. He's old right now. Um, uh, so for my underrated pick, I am going to go – uh, in the NFC as well to another division that I think is very winnable. And that is the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons. Every On fantasy first... manager's favorite team, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, probably uh, favorite in some aspects and most frustrating in other aspects. It's their favorite if you pick a rusher. It's frustrating if you pick a pass catcher in that offense. Um, as I was a Drake London manager last year, me and Stevan actually traded Drake London. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steven yeah. sold high. I, I thought I was buying low. I thought there was more to come, but there wasn't. So anyways, um, you know, yeah, looking at last year, you might say it's crazy to think uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to go anywhere, uh, but they they really did build a solid foundation. You know, they had a brand new coach. Um, I don't know. He might have coached other places. I'm not too familiar with, uh, with uh, that guy. Uh, I can't even – I can't recall his name either, but Arthur they brought Smith? in – Yes, yeah. So they yeah. they brought him in um, to start a new regime. Uh, they got rid of Matt Ryan, which was the end of an era in Atlanta. Um, I'm very mad that they got rid of Matt Ryan because it cost the Colts their year. But well, we got Anthony Richardson now, so it's all you know. It all comes yeah. out in the wash. In any case, for Atlanta, that was a huge monumental move. Um, end of an era. That guy Matt Ryan was there. What twelve years? Twelve, fifteen years. Something, something like that. Something most like that. of our 13, childhood, yeah, 12, 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> For most of our lives, Matt Ryan was a Falcon. Uh, so <laughs> huge culture shift, new coach, all that. Um, and, and in what they did last year is they built the foundation. They wanted to establish the run game. That was going to be their identity. And boy, did they do that. They ran it, ran it and ran it again. And when you thought they had to pass, they were going to run it again. And that led to some losses. I mean, it's a passing league. You're going to run that much. It's going to lead to losses. They had Marcus Mariota, who, you know, had something there. And I think he's going to be a great backup to Jalen Hurts in Philly. But I don't think he was starting caliber. He was a stopgap. Now they have Desmond Ritter, who they drafted last year. We're going to see what Desmond Ritter has. And if you remember Desmond Ritter in college, he was that dude. He was a winner. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the Cincinnati yeah. quarterback, right? That took Cincinnati to it the took college Cincinnati football to the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, first right. first non-power five team to make the college football playoff. Yeah, that's astounding. This isn't yeah. Mac Jones in Alabama's offense. This is you know Ritter. He, so he's a winner. He's a playmaker. He can do that. So if he can bring in some of that skill, if he could coach out uh, some of his weaknesses, make him a stronger pocket passer, uh, there is a lot of upside for Desmond Ritter, and he's not alone because he has pass catchers. They have Drake London, who like could be akin to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are talking a lot more about this offseason because he was, they drafted have, ahead, he was drafted ahead of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's uh, for sure that, you know, Falcons really put themselves out there taking Drake London like they did Kyle Pitts the year before. So you got to think that they're going to start making use of these players. Uh, but yeah, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson just had offenses that were passing more. So they were more prevalent. Drake London has all the same talent, so he could really show out. And then, of course, Kyle Pitts, who was the highest tight end ever drafted and is just a physical anomaly, a beast of a human. If they put the ball in the air a little bit more there are people to bring it down and all of that is ignoring Bijan robinson who has been the most hyped talked about running back prospect in years so it's um, for sure yeah. at, at least yeah at least so you know he's a top 10 running back which is very very rare we're talking about the christian mccaffrey's and saquon barkley's of the world um so you got to believe it's there. And then even behind Bijan is Tyler Algier, who had a very, very solid rookie campaign last yeah. year running Rush the football. for a thousand yards. Yeah, absolutely. So he is, he's no scrub either. He's going to be backing up Bijan. And then you got Cordell, pa- Cordero Patterson in there somewhere. They have a lot of, lot of playmakers, a lot of dynamics in this offense. And that's not to discount their defense. Their defense isn't superb. They did add Calais Campbell to the line. Um, I'm not sure what other moves they made, but when you have an offense that's that dynamic and can put up potentially that many points, um, and it's an offense that hasn't been figured out yet. People haven't figured out Desmond Ritter and B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London haven't been used to their fullest potential the way, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts could be figured out this year. Teams have no doubt spent all offseason figuring out how to stop that quarterback sneak that Jalen Hurts does. Will it happen? I don't think so, but people have been trying. <laughs> no, yeah, Desmond Ritter and Bijan are undiscovered. Uh, and then this is just a weak division. You got Bryce Young as a rookie quarterback with the Panthers. You have uh, Baker Mayfield with the Bucks. They're going to be a complete mess. And then I think the odds-on favorites are probably the Saints with Derek Carr. Um, but, I mean, we just don't know. We just don't know if the Saints have it together. I don't really like the Saints coach that much. Um, does Derek Carr have the uh, – the mental toughness to come back out and, and reprove himself. It's a very open division. All that to say, Atlanta Falcons could easily win this division. It is wide open. And um, I mean, yeah, some of those things break their way. Bijan could be offensive player of the year. And um, I mean, sky's yeah. the limit. I, I agree with most of what you said. I just want to highlight one thing you mentioned about Desmond Ritter. Of all of the like young quarterbacks we were talking about, right? You know, Stroud, you know, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, you know, whatever. Even though he's not a rookie, he kind of fits into that category. Kenny Pickett as well, I'd throw in there. He's he's the only one that just has to not suck. You know what I'm saying? Like all those other yeah. guys have the pressure on them to be really good and to like be the franchise guy. And kind of like take them to the next level, like on their shoulders, right? All Ritter has to really do is just make sure Bijan gets the ball, make sure Drake London gets a few targets every game, and then in the end zone, you know, throw Kyle Pitts a jump ball every now and again. So mm-hmm. I think that he could end up being the most successful purely because of his circumstance of like not having all that pressure on his shoulders. So like he doesn't have to pass for you know thirty five hundred to four thousand yards. He doesn't have to have you know thirty touchdowns in a year. He just has to make sure that the offense, like he just kind of has to be the pilot, just has to make sure that the offense just keeps on moving and, you know, basically kind of be the general, like versus like actually having to go out there and like be spectacular. So big game manager guy. Yeah, exactly. Game manager. That's the, that's the phrase that I was looking for. He just has to essentially be a game manager and make sure they move the ball. Don't turn it over. And essentially that's what he was at Cincinnati, right? Like Cincinnati, 
he, yeah, he like was really good and whatnot, but like they weren't like an explosive offense that was scoring 40 points a game or whatever. They had a great defense. They had a great, you know, running, they had a great running game and he was able to make, you know, timely throws on third down and, you know, hit those touchdowns when they needed to hit those, you know, touchdowns when they needed to happen. So I, I agree with you on the Atlanta Falcons and I agree with you on, and I think Desmond Ritter could potentially, you know, be good, you know, because he doesn't have to be like, there's not pressure on him to be great right away. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about Ritter. He's not one of these top three drafted quarterbacks who has something to prove. I mean, his roster spot is also probably up in the air. If he does suck this year, Atlanta can easily move on, and they will move on next year. So he, he does have to prove himself, but he doesn't have the the world watching him as close. Yeah, it, exactly. it is self-motivation, um, which, is, which is a good thing to have. Um, okay, so we can transition over into some of our overrated teams for the year. Um, I think we got some spicy takes here. Uh, Steven, kick us off with your overrated team. Okay, so this one might be surprising out the gate, but my overrated team is the team that everybody's been talking about all offseason because of who they got at quarterback. Everybody's been talking, and also they're on hard knocks too, so they're going to be just sort of overrated in general because they're going to be relevant for the most part in the news. But to me, I think people are overrating the Jets this year. Yes, they got Aaron Rodgers. Yes, a lot of people rightfully point out that had they had just average quarterback play last year, they probably could have, you know, they probably could have made the playoffs and whatnot instead of the Dolphins. But just look at their division, right? Like, I think I saw like Pro Football Focus or one of the sites, like when they rate like the defense going in, all four, four of the top, like, you know, seven or eight defenses are going to be in the, of like the AFC East. You know, like with uh, with the Bills defense is going to be a top five unit. You know, they get Von Miller back. The Dolphins just got Jalen Ramsey and, you know, they got Bradley Chubb for the whole year. And then you also have, you know, the Patriots. Yes, their offense is going to suck, but their defense is still going to be really good. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers is just going to come in and light the place on fire at 40 years old, I don't think, because of that division that he's in. And also, like, their defense is expected to be really good, and I don't think they're necessarily going to, you know, regress like a lot. but who knows, like, you know, maybe their defense gets figured out. They're like a really young unit, you know, with Quentin Williams as like a third-year player, Sauce Gardner's in his second year, stuff like that. Their defense could get figured out by Josh Allen or by Tua with, you know, Tyreek and Waddle and things like that. So I don't think that everybody's saying like they're a lock for the playoffs kind of and like people are rating them ahead of Miami. I think if Tua stays healthy, Miami's a better team than them. So the Jets and also Brees Hall, even though he's back, like he's not fully back because, you know, he tore his ACL and whatnot. That's why they brought in Dalvin Cook for the year. We don't know how that committee is going to shake out. So, yeah, I think that the Jets are being, if anything, slightly overrated, you know, because people are just expecting them to take this big leap. And I don't think that they're necessarily going to take that big leap this year because of their division and their schedule. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Jets are an exciting team for those reasons. Um, you, know, you don't really know which way they're going to fall. It It's kind of hard to imagine that everything breaks their way, um, especially when they have to play the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, but JP might have something to say about playing the Bills. Yeah, I mean, we'll stay in the same conference. Um, I think the Bills are shockingly... Like I think I think once you think sit here and think about it for just a few seconds, you realize why are they favored over Cincinnati? Uh like you know, last year they only were able to pressure they were only able to sack Joe Burrow one time. 
and and the uh, and every single time they played each other and the Bengals line uh, offensive line which notoriously bad and has gotten better like the fact that you can only put that much pressure on Joe Burrow which is his one weakness really is, yeah. is a lot you know you got uh the Jets who got better Miami is always getting better made the playoffs last year uh, Despite you were I mean, missing like half the year with all the exactly stuff. yeah exactly I, I I'm still not entirely sure what's going on with Tua but I think uh, I, I even without him to be honest they're, they've been doing fine and so and then you also even have the Patriots who you know they're the Patriots you never can count them out completely you never know when Belichick's going to pull something together yeah so when you have a conference that hard and you look at the, the the Bills and you wonder, like, what have they done? Do they have a third wide receiver to complement Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis? No. Did they do anything to help their pass rush, which was notoriously bad? No. Uh, are they doing it? Have, have they given – have they addressed their backfield at all, really? Uh, no. Like, it, there's just – they have not improved, and every other team in that division has improved. So why would you think that they are going to do better than the Bengals, who have a lot clearer shot to their division title, better seeding? Like, there's a very good chance that if the Buffalo Bills do make the playoffs, it'll be as a wild card. Yeah, and, I agree. I agree. Well, well yeah, yeah, because if Miami wins the division, then, then yeah, they could be a wild card. Or even the card. Jets. Like, let's say, hypothetically, your underrated oh, prediction wow. doesn't pan out, you know? Okay, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, who knows how much... I have my own opinion on Aaron Rodgers. I think that that man is completely tuned out. I think that he is less motivated than Brett Favre was when he went to the Vikings. You know, I, I, I just. I, I, <laughs> I mean, here, here's one. Th- here's one thing I'll say about where we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit later. But the one thing I will say about Aaron Rodgers is him taking that pay cut and like them bringing Dalvin Cook in, that at least is like a signal that like he kind of wants to be there for a few years, right? So like even though you may think, oh, he's like, he's 40 years old, he's just trying to get the money, whatever, and like he's just, you know, tuned out and whatnot, I do think that that was a big – he didn't have to do that, you know, and he did do that for them to be able to bring in Dalvin Cook. So at least for right now, all you could say about him is that like he, you know, took a team-friendly approach with, with that and then they were able to get better, so – even though I, I don't also, think the playoffs, I, I think that you know that. that I also was a think that that him. doesn't necessarily that assumes that he cares a lot about money when the his mentality, the psychedelic culture he's embraced, which is very anti materialistic. I'm on God here, like he's the dude. The dude has come off off the fucking wagon out here, and so it's like to to think that you know. I I don't think he just care. I, I I just think he doesn't care about the money. To be honest, okay. I think okay. it's like. Good vibes. I want us to win, but like I don't think he like wants to win. You know, I don't think he's like grinding like he was in, uh, when he was taken over for Favre. Uh, so I just, I, I that, that that all being said, going back to the Bills, I just don't think that the, the conference is too competitive. There are too many things that can go wrong for the Bills. There are too many things that can go right for other teams. Uh, so it's just you know what if what if the Jets rookies all pan out and it doesn't matter that Aaron Rodgers takes a step back, you know what 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 if the the Dolphins put it together and Tua has an MVP year? Yeah, what if exactly. uh, what if Mac Jones finds his footing uh, on on Bill Belichick's doorstep and the Patriots even manage to put together a year? You know how 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 can the Bills be nine and like nine to one odds to win the Super Bowl, let alone make the Super Bowl? So. In, in such a stacked division, let alone conference, it's hard for me to look at what the Bills have done this offseason and be like, they have put themselves in a position to compete. So, 
I agree with you. I think that the the overrated part of the Bills, the reason why the Bills are so highly rated is because everybody thinks that Josh Allen is this like magician miracle worker. And like, he's one of those guys, you know, I remember when Emmanuel Acho said that Justin Herbert was a social media quarterback. Josh <laughs> Allen is, Josh Allen's not like, he's not like, in that vein, he's not, he is an elite quarterback, but He's the guy that, like, you see the Sports Center highlights of him, like, running to the sideline and throwing it on his back foot, and like, or like, you know, getting out of a phone booth and running it <laughs> in for a touchdown and stuff. Like the the shit that he can do athletically. Yeah, phone booth. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's what they, that's kind of what they used to call it with Michael Vick. Like, he's in a phone booth or something. But like the shit that he can do athletically, I think is better than all of the AFC quarterbacks, really. You know, obviously you got Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Fields in the NFC, but like all the guys, like like Burrow can't do that, Mahomes can't do that, you know, Herbert can't do that, but like Josh Allen can, you know, do a whole bunch of spectacular shit. So I think that's why people believe that the Bills are better than they actually are. You know, Hertz I famously, refuses to do that. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Miami, if Tua stays healthy, I think that they have a legitimate shot at the division, and nobody's really talking about that. I know that Tua's thing is like a concussion thing. And obviously if he gets one more concussion, he's probably going to retire. We get it. But if he, on the off chance that he does stay healthy the whole year, like you're not stopping Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Like, come on. So yeah, I completely agree with you on the bills. And also like Gabe Davis has yet to prove that he's a legitimate wide receiver too. Everybody saw that yeah. playoff game and everything like that. But like last year, you know, he got hurt to start the year and he had like a bad year. So we don't know if he could, he's a legitimate wide receiver to compliment to dig. So like, I'll also say that to his credit, they have not had a wide receiver three to take any sort of pressure off of him. They are a two person threat. You, you put two people on each guy and they will not throw the ball past the first. It's so bad in Bill's camp that actually they're using Dalton Kincaid as a receiver. Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. That's that's another thing. It's like Dalton Kincaid is a tight end. He's not really that fast, but they're using him as a third wide receiver. And like Dawson Knox is still out there. Like, yeah, it's pretty bad. So we'll see if, he can handle like Gabe Davis can handle like being on the field for every snap, but, but, but you know, that remains to be seen. Yeah. I think Kincaid is going to be used in more of like a, a Darren Waller, um, obviously Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. I heard a stat the other day that Mark Andrews in his entire career has blocked on like a total of three offensive plays. He doesn't block at all. Like he doesn't, he doesn't or like five. It was yeah. shockingly low. Maybe it was three percent. No, but it, it was even it when was he like, was coming out of Oklahoma, like yeah. his blocking was just terrible. Like that, that just was never something that he did. He was essentially just a giant wide receiver, and that's how he's been used. With it's hilarious. Know, it's a hilarious stat. Meanwhile, but, uh, to start yeah. last year, when Trent Williams was hurt, Kittle was essentially their left tackle, and he was like the fifth yeah. best left, and he was the fifth best left, left tackle in the league at that time. At that time, so that just shows you how great Kittle is at everything. But yeah, I, sure. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, well, Kittle may be great, but this year he's overrated. Let me tell you about transition. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, that. I said that intentionally to give you that transition right there. Well, there you go. Thanks for the assist, bud. But uh, yeah, the 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 Niners are in are in a tough spot right now. Um, you know, the Bills. You know, say what you will. You know, maybe they are overrated. They don't deserve to be as high of odds, but they do have Josh Allen at the end of the day. And then uh, same thing with the Jets. They may not be deserved to be in that spot, but they have Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. The 49ers at the end of this day will have Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who I know is Wonderkins. We talked a lot about him. He might he might end up being solid, but 
we still, we talked a lot about this. He just had too little of a sample size to know what he truly was. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't even get to see him play his full playoff game because of an injury. And I'm not going to hold him for that. Like, you know, injuries happen. But Which, by just, the way, will affect him this year. Oh, Let's yeah, also, oh yeah. Like, it yeah. Was it's an, an elbow injury. Yeah, yeah, it's an elbow injury to his throwing that's arm. That's what Josh Allen had to end the year. And his numbers just fell off a cliff. Like you His know, was more in the elbow. middle of the and his, year. And his, yeah. was, and his was even worse than Josh Allen. Allen's elbow injury. So everybody thinks, oh, he's coming back. He's going to be like amazing. Well, no, he's probably going to start the year pretty slow. You know? Yeah. So he already only had a handful of starts and sample size. Um, and now he has this, you know, huge injury. I mean, it's like a pitcher having a Tommy John surgery. Like exactly. We, I mean, it was exactly. It's the exact same injury. It literally, it literally exactly. is the exact same injury, but he so, didn't have a Tommy John surgery, which is the crazy part to me. So, mm. Because if he had Tommy John surgery, he wouldn't play he this wouldn't season. He wouldn't be playing this year, yeah. True, so, true. And that's what, uh, like, he could just totally break it again and actually need Tommy John surgery. Which, if he had Tommy John surgery, I wouldn't even be talking about this. Because most pitchers usually come back better after Tommy John surgery. And in fact, a little side note, in baseball, they're considering just <laughs> getting their, like, high-pitching prospects to get Tommy John surgery before they even start pitching. Just to oh, save wow. us an injury in the future. That's so, so uh, that's, funny. That's, that's, that's the funny. success rate of the surgery yeah, that he wow. did not get. So, yeah. <laughs> because he probably wanted to rush himself back out there, which absolutely. Is, absolutely. is very short sighted, is very yeah. short sighted, um, especially when you look at like the quarterback position is the one position that you can have a long. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is what going to be 39, 40 this year. And Tom Brady just played till he was 44. So, I mean, if Brock Purdy had that surgery, he'd be prolonging his career. You t- take a mulligan mm-hmm. on this year, get a top five draft pick. Oops. Sorry. They don't have that because they traded it for Trey Lance or maybe they get this yeah. one this year. I don't remember if that ran. They, out, they didn't have a but, first round pick this year. Yeah. They, they didn't well, have it. This well, year. next year, do they have oh, their 2024? Okay. I, I don't know. I, I think they that up. So let's let's all use that moment to talk about Trey Lance. This might go down as the worst trade in uh, draft history. They spent three first round picks trading to get the draft rights to trade Trey Lance. Trey Lance was already a rough prospect. Didn't have a lot of sample size. He uh, sat the COVID year. So he was just, you had so little on him. They called their shot. All respect. We all have to call our shot these days in the league. Colts are calling their shot on Anthony Richardson with a small sample size too. I get it, but the Colts didn't trade three first round picks exactly. to get trade. Exactly. That's why. So that bad. is the kicker. That is the kicker. And at this point, it seems like the 49ers have just accepted the fact that it's a sunk cost. And usually we see that first round picks get a little bit of a rope, get you know latitude yeah. to play. We're going to really try to make them something so we don't look like we wasted a first round pick. There is nothing coming out of the 49ers that says that they care at all. They're basically taking the approach, I think, that, hey, we ultimately got our franchise quarterback. So all good. No, not all good because yeah. you know who those picks turned into. I think it's been well documented. Uh, those picks turned into. Um, oh, ah, I've I've heard this stat so many times. One of them, I think, uh, was Micah Parsons. Yeah, one of them was Micah Parsons. Yeah, one of them was Micah Parsons. Uh, Imagine Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa on the same defense. Like yeah. that would that would literally it's, be just like and that every day I can. Oh my god, dude. Because well, Michael did, Parsons fell. Like he should have been a top ten pick easy, but he fell at thirteen or something. And it was like well, wow. who did they trade with? Didn't they trade with the Dolphins? Did it turn into Tyreek <laughs> Hill 
and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Waddle yeah. was one of them too. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So they could have just they could have just drafted Jalen Waddle. They could have drafted Michael Parsons. So many game changing players. So that will that will be goat go down as one of the worst trades. Trey Lance right now is slotted as their quarterback three because guess what? They brought in Sam Darnold, who has also failed everywhere he went and has turned into this journeyman, Andy Dalton type guy who's just going to fill in where he can get in. They paid him a, a decent money for a backup quarterback. He is going to be the backup. He is has the that, uh, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. I do think that uh, even though the depth chart comes out, like a lot of depth charts, like Bijan was listed as the number two running back on the depth chart. Like some of these depth chart things, are, you don't read too much into them. I do think if Brock Purdy gets hurt, they're gonna give Trey Lance a shot because, like, I, at that point, because at that point, like, he's the only thing that gives you like at least a chance to have like a really good, like a really good quarterback on your team because with Darnold you know that you're going to be limited at quarterback and you're accepting that but with Trey Lance at least he can run and scramble enough and and be good in the run game enough to where you could probably you know say hey like we'll give him a chance and see what he comes up with so I I don't agree that Sam Darnold's the number two quarterback I don't think all right well you can feel free to disagree with that but that's the messaging that we're basically getting and also we have to look at the fact that the Niners have spent the last era the you know the last decade with mediocre quarterback and True. have have succeeded with it you know to their credit to some extent i mean they never won the whole thing but you know they, they made it to the super bowl with jimmy garoppolo and they so, made it to three nfc championship games yeah like, right so i i think sam darnold could be that aspect of like oh well he won't like completely fuck it up and do you try with trey lance i think it could be a matter of you know if they if they're you know six and one, and then um, Purdy went down and couldn't play anymore, if you're like winning and or have a chance to make the playoffs, I think you go with Darnold. If the season is basically a lost cause at that point for whatever reason, I think you see what you have in Trey Lance. So I, I, I could see that going different ways, but I think you know. In any case, you have three quarterbacks who none of them are good. None of them you can yeah. really vouch for, put your stamp on. And when you have multiple quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, as the saying goes. Yeah. Then turning to Christian McCaffrey. Christian, Mc- I mean, we, I can't say I anything bad about him. I want to correct ourselves on the on the picks. Uh, it was Micah Parsons. The other pick was was traded to Miami. Miami traded it to the Chiefs for the in the in the. And the Tyreek trade, and then the Chiefs traded oh, to the okay. so an offensive lineman, Nicole Strange. I have no idea how he's been doing. Uh, the, another pick was used by Miami for linebacker Channing Tindall. And then the last pick was used, it bounced. I'm not even going to go over the history of it, but it was Brian Bressy, Bressy, whatever. Uh, that's what it was used Oh, for. that pick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that so pick. essentially, yeah, so essentially they could have drafted Micah Parsons and had the greatest defense ever, or they, they could have been in the Hill sweeps, or they could have been in the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes when he wanted out of Kansas City. So. Yeah, it, it could have yeah. been, it could have been Micah Parsons, an outstanding offensive lineman, a great linebacker and uh, a good defensive lineman. Yeah. So. And that's not even counting the picks that they could have made. Even if they made the trade True, that they yeah. did, all the guys they, they still passed on Waddle at that position where they took Trey Lance. They still passed on several guys. Yeah. So in any case, I'll move on to Christian McCaffrey. Can't say anything bad about him. That dude is good, but he is aging. He has injuries. We've seen the running back market this year. 28 is old, is elderly for a running back. And Christian yeah. McCaffrey is over the hill. So 
I I don't have any confidence that he's going to be better than he's been. He's going to be good. He's going to be very involved, but he's peaked. He's not going to hit a new peak, a new high. Um, and, and if anything, he's going to get injured on, on the way trying to do it. Uh, backup running backs, they have a plenty. They're kind of like the Seahawks. They they plug and jug. When you look at the receivers, Brandon Ayuk, I think, has a really interesting opportunity to break out this year. Debo Samuel was very disappointing last year. Debo Samuel, to this point, has only had like 10 good games that happened in one season that he yeah, got himself and, and a great really, contract and, with. And it was really because he was a running back, too. Like, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, why, that's why him. he's like, yeah, like, like highly touted, not necessarily because of his receiving ability to get separation, to get open. Well, no, like they used him as a fucking running back. And that's why everybody yeah. thinks he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he had the gadget plays, and he had the streak of games that were really, really impressive. He just hasn't put it together. He hasn't been a good wide receiver. He makes great plays. He is yeah. physical. He is, you know, he he does have potential, but we just don't know if he has it. And he has Brock Purdy throwing to him, who is not a kingmaker like some other quarterbacks might be. All of that to say is this offense is very fragile. Oh, and don't even get me started about George Kittle, uh, as he's been called George Brittle by some. Um, I mean. They have they're very fragile. Debo Kittle and CMC could all go down quick. Purdy might have a hurt arm. They have a decent backup and an unproven, you know, Trey Lance. Um, I can't say anything about the defensive side of the ball. Really, this isn't an indictment on the defense. That defense is good. And they made it better. I don't know where they found the money to pay the defense, but they they added pieces. I don't even remember. But it's scary. The defense is scary. It's going to come down to whether this offense can keep up. And they might still be good. They could still win the division. But when you're talking about they're the fifth highest odds to win the Super Bowl, again, I'm taking that approach as JP. When I look at the teams that could win the Super Bowl, to say that they're the fifth likeliest team just doesn't make sense to me when they don't have that dynamic quarterback. They don't have a... They they have playmakers, but they don't they don't have a Tyreek Hill. They don't have uh, Josh Allen. They don't have um, uh, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They don't have Patrick Mahomes. Those are the caliber players that, in my opinion, need to be competing. Um, and so the defense can be good, but Jalen Hurts already ran through that defense, right? So it's like, hey, okay, even if you get back to the same point, you still can't stop Jalen Hurts. So all of that to say, we've I think we've belabored, but those are my those are my takes on on uh, on the overrated team of the 49ers. Um, any any closing thoughts on our on our team segment? Um, no, that's we we covered we covered a pretty good bit there. You know, we went off on the Niners for twenty minutes. I think we're I think we're good. <laughs> all right, well, uh, we can talk about <laughs> some of the free agency moves. Uh, you know, you guys started talking about the Jets. Uh, it, let's just say it was a a frantic free agency season. Um, it started with some big trades before the draft and has continued up into the last week with some big name signings. Um, I want y'all to talk a little bit more about the jets and some of the moves they made JP. You can start. I know you wanted yeah. to talk about the, uh, well, you already talked about them a little bit, but I don't know if you yeah, have any I'll more keep to it say. Quick, cause we've been running a little long, but it's just with Rogers. I, um, uh, I just don't, I'll have to see. Like you, that's one of those things where it's like the first game will show you everything. Uh, I, it, I I don't know how into it he's going to be. I mean, I really do think this. Like he is he has demonstrated that psychedelic culture. Like he literally used it 
as his basis for making the decision of whether to return to football. So whether people like it or not, or think it's corny or not, it is a fundamental part of his decision-making. Right. And (laughs) so, and his values. And so I'm not shocked. He took the money hit because obviously anti-materialism is a very heavy part of their belief system. (laughs) Talking about it like it's a religion, but, uh, but you know, it's just, and it's hard for me to like, you know, part of the whole thing is detaching yourself and not caring about things. And that's like one of the things about football is it's just like you have to want it. You have to be attached. You have to be attached to your teammates, Agreed. your coach, your team, the desire to win, all that. So if your quarterback isn't attached, like he's been, he was the host of Jeopardy. He's been doing all these other side projects. How much does he really care about this second career that he's got going outside of the Packers? So, you know, obviously – Great, and you know, not to mention all the stuff he's been doing. It, it are all of these things moves that will help him win, or are these moves to just help him be comfortable while he's there? You know, all these things he's demanding they do, the coaching uh, hires that he wants them to do, the player additions he wants them to do, this team that he's forming around him. Is this just one big comfortable spot in the middle of New Jersey that he wants, or is this, you know, is is he really trying to put together the second run? And we really won't know until the season starts. So, you know, that's obviously. For the New York Jets, I don't think they really care because it's the first shot they've had at anything and since I was alive. So, you know, good for them. But uh, you know, I, as I said, it's all up to Aaron Rodgers, and I think everyone knows that. So, hey, I don't mention- blame Aaron Rodgers for having demands for moving to New Jersey. I mean, yeah, I would want a lot of comfort and assurances if I had to move to New Jersey as well. And friend, you mentioned the psychedelic stuff. Uh, he's going to need to. He's going to need the drugs to be able to bear living in New Jersey. To be honest, yeah, with exactly. You. Like, you know, that's yeah. Like, Maybe he pretend he's back in California. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then on that same note, uh, one of the guys that he t- uh, the Jets were able to sign because of the pay cut, uh, Dalvin Cook, comes into the fold. Yeah, I'll I'll talk a little bit about that. So I think that, you know, first of all, for the running back market in general, it it is something that's kind of a shame, you know, like they run those guys into the ground and then they don't want to pay them when when the time's up, like time comes to pay them. So obviously the NFL needs to change the way that they view running backs and the way that they pay running backs. Like that's an obvious point. But speaking on Dalvin Cook specifically to the Jets, I like the move, obviously, you know, Brees Hall is coming off a torn ACL. And obviously he's young and, you know, the bounce back ability is there, but like, I don't think it'll be there this year. And so you take sort of, you know, the pressure off of Brees Hall to come back and be this amazing, you know, rookie or whatever. And then, you know, if he starts to show like late in the year that like, I hate he's back, he's back to being the Brees Hall that was the 16th overall pick in the draft last year, then you can slowly reduce Dalvin Cook's workload. And then he's on a one-year deal. So you can just let him go. I do think this makes them better. I think that this takes somewhat of the pressure off of Rodgers to start with, that like he doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be the MVP Aaron Rodgers that he was in Green Bay a couple of years ago with Garrett Wilson, with, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, like making Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams, essentially. So I, I like the move. I think it makes them better. But ultimately, I don't think it moves the needle necessarily to them being this, you know, 12-win juggernaut that potentially, you know, could challenge the Chiefs or the or the, um, or the the Bengals for the Super Bowl. So it, I think it makes them better, but it doesn't make them so much better that I think it'll make like a huge difference. And to touch briefly on another running back signing, I don't really read too much into Zeke going to New England other than like if they're at like the two yard line, they might, you know, give it to him because he's like he's big. He had 12 touchdowns last year in uh, in Dallas. So I think that Belichick knows that they need a guy that can, you know, move the move the line a little bit. You know, Damian Harris was that guy, but he's in, you know, Buffalo now, I think. So 
Uh, Ramondre is still the clear starter. I think he still probably is going to be a three down back for them. It's just like he'll get a couple touchdowns stolen and be frustrating in fantasy. So, yeah. Yeah, true that. Yeah. But, in real, life, but in real football terms, Ramondre is still the starting running back. He's still the three down running back. And I don't think that Zeke being there changes that really. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then the last team that I just want to highlight, I'll try to make it brief in terms of uh, some big moves they made this offseason that I'm excited to watch this year is the Chicago Bears. Uh, they were almost my underrated pick until I thought about the Falcons more uh, because I think the Bears are in a much tougher division um, than the Falcons are. The Falcons have a chance to win that. I don't think that the Bears really have a chance to win that because of the Vikings and even the Packers, the shell of the Packers with Jordan Love. I mean, they could still be very good and the Lions. So the Bears still have a, a uphill battle. But what they did do is they set themselves up to try to compete. And when they go to make the picks next year that they got from the Panthers, those should be good picks. Uh, they should have a good haul. And when they add those pieces and Kirk Cousins maybe is not with the Vikings anymore. and Jared Goff gets older and stuff. This could go their way in another year or two if Fields matures into the prospect that he could be. Um, this is year three for Justin Fields. It's a very important year. Uh, the, his rookie year, I know he split with Andy Dalton. And then last year, he started off very, very hot. Uh, and then it was very weird for the Bears because they lost so many games. I think they were on like an eight-game losing streak, but it didn't they feel were like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. In a lot of those games because of Fields' legs. Like he was moving yeah. the ball and they were scoring and whatnot. It's just like they, they just couldn't win at the end. They were exciting to watch. They were putting up points. So they have potential there. Then they go and add DJ Moore, who is a great wide receiver, who has kind of been in purgatory in Carolina. DJ Moore comes over, has a chance to be a stud wide receiver one for Justin Fields. Uh, Cole Komet just got a big bag. Uh, so the team obviously believes in him and wants to invest in him. You got Khalil Herbert, who every chance he stepped on the field, he was breaking runs left and right last year. I believe in him as an RB1. I and too. even if you don't believe in him, they got Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson, uh, Roshan Johnson, rookie from Texas, who paired with Bijan Robinson last year. So they have a lot of upside here. They have a lot of playmakers. Um, and the defense is is fairly decent. Um, I think they have a lot of room to improve. And the Bears still have a lot of money to give out. It might not be spent this year, but next year, if they have something to be proud of this year and hang their hat on, they might get some of those defensive uh, free agent signings next year because uh, they still have that money to spend. So um, I'm definitely excited for the moves the Bears made this offseason. I'm going to be very excited to watch them and see if Justin Fields progresses. And if he does, uh, the Bears have a bright future. So um, that's really all I have to say about them. But I would have been remiss if I didn't uh, talk about how excited I am for that yeah. team. I agree with you. The, the, the only thing I'll say to wrap up about the Bears is we've talked about like what the expectations are for some teams. Like if the Jets don't make the playoffs, that's a failed season. If the if the Falcons, yeah. you know, win, like if the, the Falcons, you know, we expect them to be a little bit better. All the Bears have to do to be better is just not be like one of the worst teams in the league. So there's yeah. not like a, even though we expect Justin, we want Justin Fields to get better. Yeah, like the worst team in the league, right? Yeah, because oh, I, yeah, I know yeah, the, yeah, the Texans won the last game at the end of the year. Yeah. That's right. 
but like all their ceiling, but like their, you know, ceiling is like, you know, kind of through the roof because like if they win five, six games this year, that's an improvement, you know, like yeah. they're, 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 they're bears fans are excited and you know, they, they'll still get a good draft pick and maybe they can get like a good defensive end that comes out and improve their defense, which I disagree with you. I think their defense is going to be dog shit this year, but we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how that, we'll see how that, that, you know, goes goes with that but yeah like the expectations for them are really low justin fields uh, i think he he passed for 2200 yards but ran for over 1100 so like if he just like improves slightly as a passer which he should with dj Moore, like you throw a screen to him he could take it you know 40 yards for a touchdown we just like saw that, it, yeah like we did in that preseason game so if he's just slightly better and more efficient as a passer they're gonna win like you know five to seven games this year and be one of the teams heading into 2025 like to watch for you know, make, like making noise in the playoffs and stuff. So I, I completely agree that the Bears, you know, basically kind of nailed free agency in that sense. Yeah, I, I realized, yeah, I, I don't like the Bears defense. I just got around to talking about them. Yeah. I was already on a roll. So no, I was like, no, all right, all, yeah, they all, can it's be I, I couldn't, I couldn't let you get away with that one. That one was, that one was pretty, it's all good. Like their offense, they're going to stay, they're going to be in a lot of games this year because their offense is going to move the ball. Whether or not they win those games at the end is going to remain to be seen. That's going to be like a coaching thing, you know, like the plays yeah. that they call and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree. The Bears are going to be an interesting team to watch, and they're going to be a fantasy goldmine, I think. Like a lot of fantasy managers are going to watch Bears games because, you know, Justin Fields and DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. they're going to be one of and- the favorite fantasy teams. Oh, for sure. I mean, Justin Fields is Justin Fields could be the quarterback one because of the rushing ability he could, alone. Yeah. If he improves just slightly as a passer, he's easily a top three quarterback this year. And uh, I'll, I'll use that in to fantasy. make my first bold prediction in uh, in our last segment for today. In that, and it just it's dawned on me as you were talking about it. I think Justin Fields maybe not this year, but he will break the quarterback rushing record. Is it held by Lamar Jackson right now? It's still still held by, yeah. He was at 1140-something. Lamar was like slightly over 1200. So yeah, he's going to break it. Yeah, yeah. So in a full season, Justin Fields will break that easily. Um, That's not maybe too bold, but I think it will happen. The extra game now, you've got 17 games now. So, you know, that's another thing. Um, And so I'll I'll foray that into my uh, true bold prediction that I want to make to close this out. I believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the number one seed in the AFC at the end of the season. That might sound shocking, and and it's foreign to me to have any expectations for the Jaguars as a Florida boy, as we are all. It's not just foreign to you. It's foreign to literally everybody in the country and in Canada, for that matter. (laughs) In Canada. Um, but the Jaguars were really, really good last year. They were really good when Trevor Lawrence hit his stride and they broke off a, a streak of wins. They had some really tough games and they gutted some of them out. They, um, you know, they beat the Chargers. What a display of team cohesiveness and spirit, belief in yourself, uh, the grit to come down from a four touchdown deficit in a playoff game and to win that game. I think that that is going to be the catalyst for just confidence through the roof that they should have all behind Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl coach, the guy who pulled off the Philly special against the new England Patriots, the empire Patriots of years ago. Uh, it's a great coach. Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Um, 
I, I mean, we'll have a separate episode on this, but I think Trevor Lawrence is a solid MVP prospect here. Um, and I might yeah. be putting a bet on him for MVP, uh, especially if they do pull off. If, if the Jags are in the number one seed, Trevor Lawrence is winning the MVP, um, in my opinion. So all of that's mm-hmm. possible. Uh, they add Calvin Ridley to an already good wide receiver corps. <laughs> they paid uh, Evan Ingram a lot of money after a stellar performance last year. Travis Etienne is fully healthy, ready to roll. They draft Tank Bigsby, who has been making noise. A- and they still have the number one pick last year, Trayvon Walker, who has some room to develop. Um you know, the defense got the job done at the end of the game against the Chargers, and they were very competitive against the Chiefs. Very, very competitive. Now, that was probably also helped by Mahomes being injured, but it was possible. It was within their reach. They're in the AFC South with the Texans, Titans, and Colts. Now, the the Colts, my team, I'm I'm not placing any expectations on them. The, the Texans as well, C.J. Stroud might have it. It's not going to be this year. So those are two teams that really should be bottom five teams in the league. The Jaguars, if they're not messing around, should have four wins right there. The Titans might be a little more competitive, but easily beatable uh, with you know the aging Tannehill and Henry. Um, we really don't know what to expect with the Titans. The Jaguars clean up the division. They're going to have a nice path whereas the Chiefs still have to compete with the Chargers. And the Broncos are improved too, yeah. The Broncos are improved. Uh, They have another game against the Bengals, I think. And then we already talked about the AFC North, how tough that division is. The uh, the AFC East with the Jets and the Dolphins and Bills. Everybody else is going to cannibalize each other. The Jags have a path to win a lot of games because of their division and their placement, and that is why I think they will be the one seed. And, uh, yeah, that's my bull take. I don't think that's a bold take at all. I think that I agree with you. That was going to be, that was actually going to be my bold take before, like, you know, I came up with my, my other one that we'll get to in a second. But just to kind of reinforce your point, not only do they have those easy games in their division, they get the NFC South this year. So they get to beat up on the Saints and the, and yeah. the Buccaneers and the Falcons and the, uh, who's the last team? The Panthers with a rookie Bryce Young. So they might, like, if they run the table with those, like, bad teams, that's 10 easy wins right there. Now, I don't think they'll win every single game because, you know, in division games, of course, now in division games happen, but that could easily be like, you know, seven to nine wins right there for the Jaguars. So I completely agree with you. They could end up winning 13, 14 games just on that alone. But that wasn't that wasn't my bold take, because my bold take is going to be the Minnesota Vikings are going to make the NFC championship game. This kind of goes in line with what you said about the Niners with their quarterback situation. The Niners are the one team that like their ceiling is really high because of all the talent that they have around them. But like they're deficient at the one position that matters the most in the playoffs is having a franchise quarterback. And as much as people look to rag on Kirk Cousins, myself included, about him being, you know, overpaid, like, you know, he got that big contract after he, you know, basically didn't do anything in Washington. But now, you know, Kirk Cousins is a like solid top 10 to 12-ish quarterback. He's got the best wide receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson. He's got a top five tight end in the league, TJ Hawkinson. And then they just drafted Jordan Addison, who's like, you know, making super superstar plays at camp already. And, you know, KJ Osborne is solid. Alexander Madison, even though I don't love him in fantasy this year, I think he's a solid running back that can, you know, get first downs, catch passes and everything. And even though their defense sucks, I do think that they'll be able to win shootouts because of 
you know, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and things like that. And so I think that they're going to, they're going to, they're going to go to Philly and they're, you're going to see them going to Philly for the NFC championship game this year, the Vikings. Yeah, that one, that one seems a little far-fetched to me. I'm not on board with you, but uh, I, I see the path. I just don't necessarily believe their in division, the path. And their division is garbage. Like they, 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 The Packers lost Aaron Rodgers. They get to play. Even though Detroit's improved, I don't think they're as good as the Vikings. And then they're going to beat up on the Bears because the Bears aren't very good. So just like the Jaguars, they have an easy division versus the Niners have you know, to, to deal with, um, with, with Seattle and, you know, maybe the Rams get them once this year. And then the Eagles, even though I think they're probably still going to be the number one seed, they have to play the Cowboys and the Giants and the Commanders who are all pretty good. So they have an easy path to kind of get, they might be the number one seed in the, and the NFC. I'm not willing to go that far, but they're going to have a lot of easy wins too, just like the Jaguars. And though, and if they're at home against the Niners, I actually like the Vikings. Oh, in a playoff. Um, game. A yeah. Playoff. Yeah. That's tough. That's a good game. Uh, I, I just worried because we saw what they – so with the Vikings last year, they had the record for most single-digit wins. Um, they were like – they were undefeated in those games. I can't remember the exact number, but they won all of their single-digit uh, games. <laughs> and any, any game that finished within one score uh, went their way. That I is just I told the Giants. Exactly. The Giants. That is just yeah. not going to happen again. It literally has never happened in the history of the NFL. It is not going to repeat itself the next season. They're going to lose some of those games. And some of those games might be divisional, which count for two. You know, um, the Lions, I think, are are legitimate and the Packers could be. We have to see what Jordan Love looks like in the real speed of the game. Um, but if you talk about some of those losses going the other way and then yeah, they lost to the Giants in, in the first – I mean, they they looked like abysmal. They lost their life. They, Justin they Jefferson lost. was being taken out of the game. So it's hard to believe that they get to the NFC Championship game with how they played in the playoffs. I just want to say one thing about the playoff game. I, I think that, like you said, I know that they were not going to win as many close games this year, but my contention is also that – they're not going to like, they're going to be one of those teams where I don't think it's going to be as close in a lot of games because their offense is so good. Like they have TJ Hawkinson for the whole year. Now they have, they drafted Jordan Addison. Like they're going to blow some teams out of the, out of the water with that offense. But to briefly address the playoff game, I do think the playoff game was a little fluky because like some of the shit that they were, some of the shit that like they were running and stuff like that, like Jefferson dropped the ball. He never drops, he never drops passes. Jefferson dropped the ball to get on like a, on that fourth down play that like killed the driver, whatever Jefferson dropped it. You know, Hawkinson tripped on a route that, you know, Kirk Cousins basically short armed it and threw an interception. Like they had like a couple of plays in that game that just kind of, that were just kind of freak plays that could have went the other way too. So like, if you watch, if you watch the highlights of that game, like there are a couple of plays, if like, if they would have went their way, they probably would have won that game and scored you know, to tie the game and then went into overtime and stuff like that. So I think the playoff game was a little fluky and I think that they can improve from there. And Kevin O'Connell, I really believe in him as a coach. His offensive philosophy is great. And I think they're going to put up a shit ton of points. Like, you know, you might look up and they might be the number one seed in the NFC, you know, towards the end of the year. So I believe in the Minnesota Vikings and I think they're going to go to the NFC championship game. All right. Well, that's enough from us. JP, what say you? Uh, I think that the Eagles are not a lock to win the NFC. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Vikings to the uh, Super Bowl. Let's go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's just, I think there is, 
I mean, I said most of my points before the show, but it's I, the, the, there's a lot of things that could go wrong for them. There's a lot of things that could go right for other people. It's just it's less it's less like I don't. It's not that I don't think they're good, and it's not that I don't think they're the favorite to win the NFC. I just don't think that it's as written in stone as everyone thinks it is. I think, I mean, they they literally made the riskiest draft pick when they picked um, Jalen Carter, right? You know, uh, really, you think that was a risky pick at nine? Well, that's literally the reason he wasn't the number one overall pick is because he was risky. Obviously, Uh, at nine, yeah. But the whole point is, it he has amazing upside, he has amazing downside. So maybe that first play of the preseason, he just exploded through two people. Big big preseason guy, I get it. I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm just giving you a hard time, man. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just giving you. But you know, there's, there's no reason to assume that Jalen Hurts won't regress the season. That people won't figure him figure him out. There's uh, that with two new coordinators that their defense won't be as strong, that their offense won't be as strong. There's a lot in flux there, and I just don't think it's guaranteed that they're going to have the same level of dominance that they had last year. I think a lot of NFL te- NFC teams are getting better, especially defensively. Uh, and I, I mean, the, the the thing that pisses me off is everyone's looking at the NFC and going, "Oh, look at all these garbage quarterbacks," and that and assuming that that means that the entire conference is garbage when it's not really true like uh that uh, just because the chiefs ran over the eagles and the eagles dominated doesn't mean that the entire nfc sucks like i just there's all these false equivalencies that i feel like people are putting through and also one thing i i was talking to ryan about this is that like before the year starts no one has any idea what the hell is going to go on period like it's not basketball it's not baseball you don't you, there's no statistics here every year it is yeah. a new unit a new team a new organization a new company that is coming in and running these plays and going against each other there are so much so many little variables that there aren't statistics for that can affect games including the refs by the way so yeah, yeah. like yeah. Saints, uh, fans will, Saints fans will tell you that I'm right God. so you know there, there's all these little things it's, it's so to me to be like to, to come into this like it's basketball like you know like we, we don't have any super teams here there's nothing going on here that is, is making this a lock you know i think it's 50 50 i think it's 50 50 that the eagles which is insanely good for football by the way but i don't think this is 80 90 lock that the eagles are going to win the nfc this year because again let's say that they do dominate the entire year and they do go to the nfc championship game there's no it's a, it's still football it's still a one game yeah, series could, yeah the vikings with jefferson like i could see jefferson making a huge play like at the end of the game or something to win that game and upset the eagles or something like you're totally right but also, I, I think it's un, the most underrated thing about the Eagles that nobody's talking about. I don't think I've ever seen a team that went to the Super Bowl lose both their OC and DC. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's, like, they may have the personnel to be able to repeat, but like Steichen somewhere, Steichen somewhere else. Maybe Jalen Hurts struggles a little bit more without Steichen. And then I think Gannon is the what was the one who yeah. went to like went Arizona. To Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Gannon went to the Cardinals. Who knows if that young defense, like Jordan Davis is a starter now, you know, like Jalen Carter is probably going to start. And then, like, who knows if the defense is the same? Like, I've never seen a team this good lose both of their essential signal callers for for those units or whatever. So, yeah. like, that's an underrated thing. And they might – like, I completely agree with you that, like, they're not necessarily a lock because of that alone, I think. 
So the, I, I feel like this is one of those things where now that we've talked about people are like, oh, that's not that bold of a take. But when I first said that the <laughs> Eagles aren't going to win the NFC, I, you know, there was, it was palpable, you know? So oh, yeah, 90% of people, if you say that are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, exactly. they're, like the greatest thing ever. Like, I totally agree with you that that's like a bold take that they won't, they won't go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, and also, uh, I think it, I just feel like people are overhyping this Rashad Petty thing. Like the man's hasn't been, like their entire running back core is an insanely injury injury yeah. prone, yeah. you know. So, uh, there again, there are a lot of things that could go wrong for the Eagles, like any NFL team, and there are a lot of things that can go right for all these other teams. So, you know, I, who knows? Maybe the for God forbid the Forty ers figure their shit out at quarterback and go over all these injuries, like. Th- there's no reason they can't be the number one team, you know. Like maybe, the, maybe the 49ers were right that if they did have a quarterback and they were healthy, that they wouldn't be the Eagles. Yeah, maybe. You know, like uh, so. Anyway, again, it's, it's more it's, likely that it's more likely the Vikings beat them because they're like Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback and Jefferson's yeah. awesome and stuff. But Which, like, by the way, stop the Kirk Cousins hate. Not you specifically, but like everyone needs oh, no, to stop the me. Kirk Cousins hate. I was a Kirk Cousins hater uh, the last couple of years. I've come around on him. Like he is a guy that could take you somewhere. Exactly. Because like I, I, Ryan was talking about like God forbid Kirk, Kirk Cousins signs in uh, in San Francisco, and I'm like that would be the best thing that could possibly know, happen. Right? He would, Kirk he Cousins in San Francisco yeah, would destroy some Super Bowls. So yeah, that's that, that that's that. I, I think that the Eagles are again. I, I, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to be the one seed, but who the hell knows what happens in the playoffs? So. That's my bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, up here in uh, in the Philly area, they'll uh, have you tried for treason for saying those words. <laughs> yeah. Those are those are punishable by death over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the vibes are really good, uh, really exciting, and that probably means that Philly sports will blow it because they can't follow through with anything. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, That's the, true. The, the Super Bowl they did win was a fluke. It was a complete fluke. <laughs> On some Philly special shit, yeah. Right when when there's expectations, I mean, what did the, what did the the seventy sixers? What have they done every year? Yeah. What is you know? So uh, and that's the JP's be, point uh, too. If they they won a Super Bowl on some bullshit, they could lose a playoff game on some bullshit. Like you don't know. Absolutely. Like you don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, boys. Well, that was fun. Um, been a while. Good to get back in the booth with y'all. Um, we are hoping to be a lot more consistent. Uh, coming out on Saturdays. We have a schedule, oh, finally. We have a schedule, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we do have a schedule. Now that we're working normal hours, me and Steven have joined the workforce and are no longer students, so we have a more consistent schedule. Um, we are super excited about the NFL season. We hope to get out uh, some fantasy content, some daily fantasy, uh, talk awards, sports, and take you through the NFL season. So uh, we will hear from you next time. Thanks for joining me, boys. Peace.